0: Okay, today's daf is Shabbos, daf, nun, tes. We are a few lines in. So just uh, apologize for yesterday. So when I was starting to give shiram, I remember speaking with my rabbi, and they said there's two types of shiram you could give. You could take something very complicated and, and make it simple for people, and that's the way you should do it. But there are those that like to take simple things and make it complicated. So I apologize if I made things more complicated than they were yesterday. It wasn't. It shouldn't have been too complicated. So let's just recap the final discussion of so we we got into the conversation regarding bells, all these different types of bells. So let's summarize that it depends on who's wearing it. If an animal is wearing a bell, so then it depends. If there's no clapper on this bell, so then all it is is an ornament. It's not functioning as anything. And when it comes to animals and ornaments, we know from Rashi, we mentioned a few times, animals don't have ornaments. We don't put jewelry on animals. So therefore. When it comes to Shabbos, there's hatzah issues. When it comes to Tumah v'tahara, we're more mako because it's not functioning as a keli. However, if there's a clapper in this bell, so even if the animal is wearing it, so then it's functioning as, some, as something, and therefore it would be macabre Tumah. And perhaps you would be allowed to walk with it in the street, except for the fact that it looks like you're going to sell the animal. So that's one. Discussion. That's an animal that's wearing a bell. What if you have a man or an evet, a slave, that's wearing a bell? So then, even if there's no clapper on it, it's still considered an ornament, and it's makabal That's called a takshed, it's makabal And the third case we got into was a child. If a child is wearing a bell, so what is that? So we said when it comes to children, you only would put a bell on a child so you know when he's entering and leaving to make noise. So in that case, it's only makabal when it has a clapper in it, when it makes noise, so then it's makabal And that was the different categories or halakhic ramifications of bells. And then we got on to the next question. The question was, if the bell breaks, let's assume the Eved's bell, if the clapper broke, the Gemara said, it's still makabal So the question was, why? If it's considered, if you need the, the clapper to make noise, you have a child's bell. It's only considered a keli when there's noise in it. So if the clapper breaks, why is it still Makabutuma? So we have a few answers. abaya said, since anyone could put it back together, so it's considered attached. Came along Rava. Rava brought a, a long raya, and he said that at the end of the day, if right now it's not attached, that's not considered a chibur. It's no longer attached. So very nice that an uma, that a yet, anyone, could put it back together, that doesn't, Tell me that it's still considered a keli. So Rava said the reason why this clapper, this bell, is still considered a keli is because you could still make noise with it. Instead of just going like this and having a clapper inside, you could smash it against the wall. You could, you know, bang it against a kli some type of earthenware, and it still has mein malachta. It still has something of use, and that's why it is still mikabel That was answer number two comes along, Rabbi Yochanan, he has answer number three, and this touches on Shragi Smith, Shlita's uh, question yesterday that why do I have to narrow it down to when it's going to make noise? Maybe any, any uh, function that the keli still has would be considered enough to be called the original keli. As long as you use it for something, it's still called a keli. So that's Rabbi Yochanan's opinion in the Hava meaning of the Gemara. We'll, we'll get back towards the end of the da'af, we'll see that Rabbi Eichanan is going to go back from this. But let's see. Rabbi Eichanan says, So this is three lines in. Rabbi Eichanan is answering the question. The question was, if the clapper broke, we still say it's mekabu And the question was, why? It's no longer able to make noise. Rabbi Eichanan says, as long as it's roi, it's fit, to feed, to drink, uh, by to give... Uh, water to a child using this bell, it's fit for something. You can make a lachaim with it. You could do something with it, so it's still considered a Kayli. Now, as we mentioned at the end of yesterday's shir, this is a big chidish. Why is it a big chidish? Because we assume, when, when if you want to say that this uh, utensil is still called a keli, so we think about it. Does it have the same ability that it used to have originally? Well, this is called meein malachti, something similar to what it used to have. It used to have, it used to be a bell to make noise, and now you make noise by clapping it against the wall. Okay, something similar main malachti, but here it used to be a bell and now it's a baby bottle now it's a shot cup that's not mein Malach. so the Gemara says boy no, mein does doesn't need this concept of main malachah that it has to have some uh, resemblance of its original use V'hatanya, we learned in a brisa the brisa is talking about the zaf so we just have this in in a uh, in, in the Torah. Uh, the Paschal of Zav. So the Paschal says over there, any keli that the Zav sits on is tummy. So this is called Tumas Midras. Now, what, if, if, if you touch something, you're, you also make a tummy. The Chiddush, the, the novelty of Tumas Midras is, is let's say you're not touching it. You're sitting on a pillow. And that pillow is on top of a, a bed. The, and you're a Zav, the bed becomes tummy. even though I didn't touch the bed. The fact that I'm bearing my weight, I'm, I'm sitting on it, and it's holding me, so that becomes tummy. That is called tumas midras. That is called the tumah through sitting. Okay, so that's the pasuk. The pasuk, the pasuk says any e keli that the zav will sit on. Now, Yahoo, I would think kafasav yashivalel. He turned over a keli that could hold a saw. So uh, think about a fortieth of a mikvah a saw. It's a nice amount. A big jug of water, a barrel of beer, and he. He turned it over, and he sat on it. I would think maybe that's Tameh, or Kafa the ashvala. he took something a little smaller, you know, uh, a small keg, turned it over, and sat on it. So I would think, you yeah, hate hey, it should be Tameh. You sat on it, you're a Zav. You should make these things Tameh. So the Gemara says, Tameh, we have a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Asha Yeshev alav hazav. Yeshiv means, sounds like in the future, that you could in the future, sit on it. Not just Asha Yeshevelah that he sat on. Asha Yeshevelah. What I mean in the future? So the Gemara says, Misham Shemayuchel Yeshiva. Something that is designated for sitting. Yatzah zeh. Ex- what would be excluded? A barrel of, of beer. A barrel of wine. No one sits on it. Why? Um, Let's say a person was sitting on it. He decided I'm going to sit on it. At some point, someone's going to tell you, Get off. I'm right. Stand up. Vinasam We have to use the barrel for something. So since at some point, someone's going to tell me, Get off. The, the, the barrel, so then I cannot say that this thing is always going to be considered a seat. And why does it always have to be considered a seat? Because the Pasuk says, yeshave. It should have said, yashav that he sat on. What is yeshave? Yeshave sounds like that he will sit on, meaning that you're always going to be able to sit on this. However, if at some point someone's going to tell you, get off. This is my car. This is my barrel. Then it does not tomas midras. Good. So that is the that is the uh, the, the xerus akas of Baizab. Now, one more piece. Exactly. Sorry. What's up? Where are we exactly? We Sorry. are no problem. We are about ten lines in. The first word of the line is Venase melachtino. The next word is rabalazar. Okay. Nice to see you, Mosh. Okay, Rabbi Lazar, when it comes to Tomas Midras, when it comes to this concept of the Zav sitting on the car, sitting on a barrel, that's the only time we say that we have to think about in the future if someone's going to tell this guy, get up. And if someone will tell him to get up, because this is not a seat, so then it's not Tommy. But that's only when it comes to Zov, Xeirah Sakasov, only by Zov. However, let's say Tumas mace, which is what we were talking about, a classic Tumah. mace, i We don't say by tame mace, get up and let us do our work. Meaning, even if it uh, it's no longer designated as a cheer, so we will still we would still say it's tame. Although it's not specifically a chair, but since you could technically use it as a chair, let's say it's a barrel of wine and someone sat on it, it will still be tummy. However, by a we have xeros akasiv, asher uh, yeshev alav. Yeshev means he will always be able to sit on it, and no one's going to tell him get off. That is sheetas rabbe So so far so good. Rabbi Yochanan Omar, and this is what we need over here. Rabbi Yochanan says, af oimer amoid We would even say by a tamei this concept. I might stand up for NASA What does this mean? So it's really a, a, a borrowed term. The point is That if we would tell this person Stand up and let us go back to its original use that means let's say someone Let's say something let's say something was uh, let's say someone was Tommy Mace, okay, and then he sits on sits or he touches a Kaylee. so what type of keli is this? If it's a regular keli, a standard keli, we know, it's Tameh. The question would be, if this keli went down from its original use, right? If it went down from its original use, what's the halacha? So here Rabbi Yechinen clearly says that by Tameh Maseh, we would say, amoid Venasa Melakhtenu, that as long as it's able to do its original melacha, we would tell this person it's still considered a kelih. So it's, it's, it's the other way. The point is that as long as it's amoid, vinasa melachtenu, that you're able to do its original purpose. Melachtenu here means my original use. So let's say you had a ladle. So you have a ladle. A ladle is used to, to uh, scoop out soup. Okay? Let's say it cracks, and now you're missing the top half of it but you can still use it to, to, to soup out soup. So even though someone would now think about using it as a baseball bat, but since someone could say, let us go back and do its original malacha of scooping out soup, so that's called its original Kaylee. But once you lose that, it can no longer scoop out soup. So then it is no longer considered its original kali, and it is not mekabotumah. Now, the problem is, this is Rabbi Yechonon saying it. Rabbi Yechonon here says the only time something retains its tuma is if it can still scoop out soup, right? I, I need it to be similar to what its original use was for. Yet, when it comes to bells, Rabbi third line from the top, like as long as you could drink, you have the baby drinking from it, that that's still called a keli. And over here he says, no, it has to be that we say going back to its original malacha. So it's a, it's a stretch, you have to look at Rashi and figure out how these words make sense. But at the end of the day, the kashas are on that in one place, Rabbi and our said that it doesn't have to be mei malacha. As long as you use this bell for anything, use it as a drink, use it as a soul shaker, whatever you need to use it for, as long as you can use it, it's called a keli. And according to Rabbi Rab- Yochanan, in this brisa, he says it has to be that it has some original use. So it's a stira. So the Gemara says, you're right. Epoch kamaisa. That first line that we opened the daf with tonight, third line from the top, switch it around. Rabbi Yochanan never said that. It can't be that Rabbi Yochanan said that you could, if you could use it for anything, it's, uh, it's, it's still makabal they can't be. So the Gemara says, Who told you to switch around the first opinion of Rabbi Yechenon in our Gemara regarding bells, maybe switch around this opinion of Rabbi Yechenon regarding Tomas Meis. Maybe Rabbi Yechenon agrees that as long as it's still fit for something, it's Makabu Toma. So the Gemara says, No, we have a third source, meaning we have two sources so far. Source number one, it says Rabbi Yechenon holds, it doesn't need me'in malacha. It doesn't need to have any uh, resemblance of its original activity. And source number two says, it has to be dafka, something that, was orig- that has its original use. So which one is correct? So comes Hashlishi, the third source, and it's to tell us which way to decide. And the Gemara says, Hashamina, Deboi, Malach, We heard that Rabbi Yechinen holds, you need to have mein Malach, something similar to the original uh, purpose use of the keli, of the utensil. The Tenayim alert in the Mishnah. Yeah. Sandal yeah. shell behema. You have a a sandal, you have a shoe, a horseshoe, of a beam of an animal shemateches, and it's made out of metal. So it was there that the, they shouldn't hurt their feet while walking on stones. So the halach is, it's tummy. it's makabel Now the question is, why is it makabel tuma? If if it's just for the use of an animal it wouldn't be mechabotama. So there has to be some use for a person that we're going to say it's still mechabotama. So like Mark says, chazi. What could it be used for, uh, for a human use to show that it's still called a keli and that it's mechabotama? So we have three different opinions. Amarav, Rav says, Roi is ba If someone is in such a desperate state, he's, in, uh, he's at war, he'll drink water from this metal shoe. Okay. Vrabchanina Amar, Roy Lasuch by Sham No one's I gonna drink from it. But if I had to use it for a shampoo holder to put oil in it to anoint myself, and I'm at war, okay, in desperate times, it will be it could be used theoretically. So that's a second opinion. One opinion is that you can use it to drink, The other one, Rab says, Roy Lasuch by You'll anoint yourself with oil using this. Comes, says no. Drinking oils, that's not the that's not the original use of it. He says no. It has to be Min When a person is running away from war, again, we're all talking about war here. You'll put it on your feet, and he'll he'll be able to run over the thorns and thistles, and he won't hurt his feet. So you're going to use this horseshoe as your own shoe. So since this is me'ein malacha, it's similar to what it's originally used. When when the uh, when you're making the horseshoe, you don't have in mind that someone's going to drink from this. You have in mind this is used for for people to walk on, for a horse to walk on. So since this is me'ain malacha using it for you with your own feet. That is why it's it's tumba. So it comes out, according to Rabbi Yechon, we clearly see that it has to be me'ain melacha. It has to be similar to the original malacha. So that's why, if I have to choose between the two b'rises, Rabbi Yechon hold, you need me'ain melacha or not me'ain melacha? Well, I have this third source, this Mishnah in Kalim, which tells me that Rabbi Yechon holds it has to be me'ain malacha similar to the original malacha. Now the Gemara just asks, once we brought down this Mishnah on Caleb, my Bane Rav Rab Khanina, what would be the difference between Rav and Rab Khanina? Rav said you could drink from it. Rab Khanina said you would use it for oil. What would be the difference? So it could be nayud The difference would be if it's disgusting, meaning if it's really bad, really dirty. So according to Rav, it wouldn't be makabatuma because there's really no use for it. No one's gonna drink from that. And according to Rab Khanina, still a person would still use it you'd use this dirty uh, shoe, horseshoe, to for your shampoo or your soap dish. Still you would use it so there would be macabotuma. Now it could be the difference in Chanina between who says it has to be that you would use it for your feet, and Chanina that says you'd have to use it for oil, it could be the yakir. It's very heavy. So if it's heavy, so then you're not going to use this when you're fleeing. From from uh, from war, you're not gonna run back with this. It's gonna weigh you down, so you'll chuck it. You'll ru- you'll run and and get the thorns and thistles in your feet. So therefore, it's not it's no longer fitting for the malacha of running around with it. So that will be the difference between Rab Chanina and Rab Yaichnam. Okay, so this ends the Tumatahara tahara portion of this daf. We'll get back to it a different time, but that's uh, that's the uh, end of this sugya. Next, so we have two lines in the bottom. Nintes amid aleph. So the Mishnah told us that you can't go out with a city of gold. My Be'ir shall Zav. What is this uh, city of gold? So meaning, let's just take a moment to pose. Uh, So uh, the um, the, uh, the Mishnah said, let's just go back. The Mishnah said that there are certain things a woman cannot go out with on Shabbos because she's going to remove it and she's going to show people. So this was in that in that uh, Mishnah. So my beer, so what is this golden uh, city? It's a Yerushalayim of gold. As we were joking before the dav, Yerushalayim shells zahav. I sent uh, a picture on our chat. And that is what they used to wear. And they were not allowed to wear it outside on Shabbos. Because she might go show her friend. We're going to discuss this in a moment. The machoikas, we're going to see there's a different b'risa, whether she could go out with us on Shabbos or not. Now, what is this irshel zahav? What is this yushalayim shal zahav? So, bisu. Uh, so, this is the famous golden crown the rabbi kiva made for his wife. So, Rashi says, So, I just brought you So, the uh, famous gemara Sixth Parak of Nadarim, Rabbi Kiva became a, he got engaged to the uh, daughter of Kabul Savua, and uh, Kabbal Savua found out about it. He wasn't very happy, so he said, "You're not getting one penny." You're not getting one penny. Okay. Still, they got married and they were living in in uh in nothing in uh in a little hut somewhere. They didn't have anything to to their name, even though Kabul Savua was one of the wealthiest. People at the time, and so his daughter was living in poverty, no trust fund, no credit card, nothing. So what happened was they were uh, they were living in, in poverty and I'm just reading the Gemara outside, a, uh, a poor person knocked on the door and he asked her he asked them for a little, a little straw to to uh, warm up their baby and Arbava gave her everything gave this person everything and we know at the end of the story his his wife tells Rabbi Kiva, go learn. He goes to learn for 12 years, another 12 years, 24 years, 24,000 uh, tamidim, sepira, we know a lot of uh, things coming out of this gemara with Rabbi Akiva. So in that gemara, he told her, this in his, uh, he was just talking to her, he said, If I was wealthy, if I had the money, I mean, I love you so much and you're so dear to me, so I would give you a Crown of gold. Now, this Gemara doesn't say that he gave her a crown of gold. It just says, I would if I had the money. So the Yerushalmi in Shabbos says he actually gave her this, uh, this golden crown. So that's what Rashi is referring to. Right, when Rashi says, mm-hmm. So over there, that's the famous story with Rabbi Kiva and his wife. And um, much of Torah Shabbat comes from Rabbi Kiva. So this is uh, very important to read the story. Okay. Tanu Rabanan. Isha a woman cannot go out with the earshazov with this golden crown of uh, the Yerushalayim skyline on it. Then she goes out, Chayevischatas. So according to and this is different mayor. So according to our mayor, a woman who goes out wearing this wearing this crown on Shabbos is chayev Chatas, meaning it's an Isa. She should out, and this fits with our Mishnah. But if she goes out, she's pater, meaning it's only an What would be the She might take it off to show her friend to show off. Rabbi Lezer says, No problem. You're allowed to go out with it. No problem. You're allowed to wear it the same way you're allowed to wear a dress, you're allowed to wear a shaitan, so you're allowed to wear it, this ear shows off. So the Gemara asked me, my Kamifli, what are they arguing about? Rameir Savar, Rameir says, Masui hu. It's a burden. It's, 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 a, it's a schlep to wear it. Now, why would they wear it? So the reason why they would wear it is they would wear it to show how wealthy they were. So by showing how wealthy they were, how to show how 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 to show how wealthy you are you would wear this fancy crown so a mayor gets into the psychology of a person that psychologically they they need to wear it because they want to show everyone how wealthy they are but from a physical standpoint it's a it's a burden it's a masoi it's a schlep it's like someone uh wearing shoes that are very expensive and look nice but they hurt so according to american that would be clothing so that would at least be considered a uh, a beggar but according to me mean, if you're wearing something jewelry or something that's heavy that's annoying and you're only wearing it because you want people to think how wealthy you are that's us sir i think we don't pass them like that high heels Wouldn't high heels <laughs> be like a similar thing yes it's, it, a husband should not go out with his when his wife is wearing high heels cuz he might end up carrying it right for her so uh, that, would, that would be uh, no so over there first of all we don't pass them like our mayor and we don't get into the whole psychological thing. The person wants to wear it. Why, do I, why is he wearing it? I don't know. Let me see a psychologist why he wants to wear it. At the end of the day, he's wearing it. And second of all, when it comes to shoes like high heels, you could argue that that at least is a shoe. That's a baguette. When you have an ornament... We need a a thing that even though it's not a begad, it looks nice and they wear it. Okay, but when it comes to a, a sweater, even though my mother made me wear this sweater, I don't like it. Still, I'm wearing it because it's clothing, so I'm wearing it. But it's a good it's a good thing to think about <laughs> when it comes to high heels. Another reason to uh, to not wear high heels. Okay, next that is Shitas <laughs> The say that she should not go out, but it's only a din I'm sorry. So we have. I went back. So, it's a shlep to carry it around. No, it's not a masoi. She wants to wear it. She thinks it looks nice. It makes her look wealthy. Whatever the reason is, She's not, there's no problem with the However, However, we have the same concern when it comes to jewelry. Dilma, Shalfa, she's going to remove it. She's going to show it to her friend. And she's going to end up carrying it to Rishasarabim. So, this is a not to walk out with it on Shabbos. No who exactly is wearing this golden crown? The up. Who's gonna be wearing this crown of of uh, the city of gold of Yushalayim? It must be Isha It but only be a royal woman. The Isha Hashuva Loy She's not walking around showing it to everyone. She, she, everyone knows she's a hashiva lady. She's not going to be showing everyone, and therefore there'll be no reason to make this gezera that she's going to take it off. And that's, that's not uh, sophisticated. That's not the uh, dick for isha Hashiva to be doing that, and therefore there will be no reason for the gezera of walking out with this uh, irshel of, And that's so he paskins that one would be allowed to wear the irshel of. Okay. So the gemara says like this: klila. So you have this uh, klila, some type of. <clears throat> Uh, headband type of thing. So the Rav Asar, U Shmuel Shari. Rav says it's Asar, and Shmuel says it's Shari. So the Gemara asked, what exactly is this Kalila? So one man holds Daan Nischa. It's a plate of. So it's like a uh, a tiara of um, of gold or silver, a straight uh, headband, gold golden thing, and that would be what. So, one second. So, a if danispa, if it's made out of uh, one piece of metal, kuliamale pligi. everyone agrees it's usser. Why? Because if it's made out of gold or silver, that was the metal they would use for these, uh, these uh, tiaras. So then, you have the same problem. She's going to show her friend, look. Look at my beautiful headband. Look at my beautiful thing. Kuliamale Amaleplegi da usur. Ki pligi de aruksa. It's made out of cloth. It's made out of fabric. And it had some beads. It's embroidered. It's embroidered. Ah, embroidered, good. what will we do without you? <coughs> Thanks for coming. Okay, so Keep Ruska They argue when it's this fabric thing. It's embroidered with these uh, these gold or some type of silver on it. Marsava Rav holds aniska Iker. The threads of gold that's uh, that's on this. Headband, that's the ikker and therefore there's a concern she's gonna show it to her friend. There's what to show off. Meaning nobody would show off the fabric. So so Raf says, yeah, but even though there's fabric on it, there is some gold in there, she's gonna show it off. And savan holds Aruksa the the fabric is the primary thing, and therefore no one's showing it off. So if no one's showing it off, you're allowed to wear this in the street. Ravashi masan the kulur. Ashi holds no. We're makele. Even more makele than then this uh, first version of the gemara meaning the when it comes to the threads the the kuleyama lay pliegi dishari everyone agrees it's much there's nothing to show off no one's busy showing off this uh fabric headband Key plea what's the maglikest aniska when it's made out of a sheet of of metal Gold or silver, she might take it down. She might show her friends, and she might end up carrying it in Rosh Hashanah. So Rav would say it's usher. Who exactly walks around with these golden uh, tiaras, these golden headbands? The same thing, it's a Isha The isha Hashuva, a noble woman, la'ishofa She's not, she's too sophisticated, she's too preppy, she's not going to be showing people her karar, her headband, and therefore there's no concern that she's going to remove it on Shabbos. And therefore it's mutter. So Ha'amali Rav Shmuel Bar Barakhine Rav Yosef. So Rav said to Rav Yosef, he said, feverish Rav, I once heard that Rav said shari that a tiara is mutter. So if I once heard that Rav said it's mutter, it must be that we go like this second version of Rav Ashi, that the fa- he must have been talking about the fabric one, where Rav Ashi said Rav agrees that the fabric one is mutter. Because according to the first version, Rav said both are Usr, fabric and the metal. So it must be the second version is correct. Amri, Amrullah, am the Rav. So they told the following to Rav. Asa Gavarabba, uh, a, a giant in Tyra, or uh, someone who was tall, or Aricha, sorry, Aricha means tall, so he was a giant in Tyra, and he was tall. Linada, so this fellow came to Nada, who matla, and he was limping. The darash, and he darshined, and he said, Apsak, shari. This tiara is mutter to wear on Shabbos. Amar, so Rav said, Man Gavarabba, who must be this tall person that's limping? It must be Levi. It must be Levi. Now, how would he know it's Levi? Because Levi, the Gemar in Sukkot, Gimel, says that Levi tried to do some type of uh, kidah, some type of dance or jump, and he became crippled. So we know that Levi walked around with a, with a, uh, a limp. Okay, so he knew it was Levi. Now, the Gemar says, we learn from here that he must meaning I'm sorry that Rav said if Levi came shmamina it must be that noach nachshe der rabbi Derabi der derabi must have passed away. Now before we get to the next part of the Gemara it's, it's important to just look at Rashi. Rashi says noach der rabbi so it's about uh, 12 lines down. So in the uh, in the 12th paragraph Subis behind this is dav kuf gimel on base we the, it's a famous daf. When Rebbe died, Omar, he said, this was his will, that Rebbe Chanino Bar-chama Rebbe Chanino bar should be the Rosh Yeshiva. Even after Rebbe died, he did not accept upon himself to be the Rosh Shiva. Why? Shehoyah Rabbi FS called him men Rabbi Ephes was older than him by two years, and he thought it would be disrespectful for him to... Be the Rosh Hashiva when Rabbi Ephes was still alive. Rabbi so he allowed Rabbi Ephes to be the Rosh Hashiva. Now, think about this. Now, Hanina was he thought Rabbi Ephes should be the Rosh Hashiva, but because he really was a Chashuv a person himself, He didn't go into Rabbi Ephes's base medrash. Yoshev. He sat outside. Umi Shim Kwaydi. And because of the, the the for the covet of Rabbi Chanina that was sitting outside, Yeshiv Levi So we have three three people here. Rabbi Chanina, you have. Rabbi Efes, and you have Levi. So, Rabbi dies. He tells Rabbi Hanina, you take over. Rabbi Hanina decides after Rabbi died that I can't take over. Rabbi Efes is still alive. Rabbi Efes becomes Rosh Hashiva. Rabbi Hanina, not wanting to go into... He needed his own Rabbi. He couldn't sit by Rabbi Efes. He decides he's going to sit outside. So, Levi comes along and says, if Rabbi Hanina is outside, I'll learn with, with Rabbi Hanina. So, now what happens here is, Rav sees that Levi's coming from... From Re, Levi's coming to Nahada. So he says, Ah, oh, if Levi's coming, it must be Nokhnaf Shah rabbi Fes. Rabbi Ephes must have passed away. And we let back back to the Gemara. and Vyasir Rabbi Khanina Now who is gonna take over as Rosh Shiva? rabbi Hanina Because Rabbi told him you be the Rosh Shiva. But he didn't want because Rabbi Ephes was still alive. So now, it must be Rabbi Ephes died. The other Rabbi Hanina Beresheh, Beresheh, Rabbi Hanina is Rosh The loy havle inish Levi lemeisagabe. Now Levi stuck. He was an equal to Rabbi Hanina, but he had no one to call his Rabbi. so he had nowhere to go. The kaasi So he came to Nahardah. So the Gemara says the Dilmanoch nafshi Maybe Rabbi Hanina died. Maybe Rabbi Hanina died and was never never became Rosh Hashiva. So the Gemara and Rabbi Ephes kid the koy koy. Maybe Rabbi Ephes is still alive in. uh in Nareda, Sligmar says, uh, uh, I'm sorry, back, back in his town, maybe Levi was still stuck, so he came here. And, and Sligmar says no, for two reasons. First of all, if it's true that Rabbi Khenina had died, then Levi, the Rabbi Ephes, make of Havakai, Levi would have stayed in that place and learnt with Rabbi Ephes. Vesu, and furthermore, it can't be that Rabbi Chanina died and Rabbi Ephesus is still alive. Why? Because Rabbi, Rabbi Huda Anasi, told Rabbi Chanina, you're going to be the Rosh Hashiva. Vesu, the Rabbi Chanina, loy sagi loy loisagit, it can't be. The Rabbi Chanina did not become the Rosh Hashiva. The Rabbi, because when Rabbi passed away, as you read from Rashi, he said, Chanina, Rabbi, Chama, Yaseb, Rosh Hashiva. Chanina, Rabbi, Chama is going to be the Rosh Hashiva. And it says, by it that when they say Xero, and they say something, it comes true. So Rabbi Yehuda Anassi, the author of the Mishnayas, he says that Rabbi Hanina is going to be Rosh Hashiva, it's going to happen. So it can't be that Rabbi Hanina died, Rabbi Ephes is still alive, it must be Rabbi Ephes passed away, Rabbi Hanina became Rosh Hashiva, Levi's not going to learn by Rabbi Hanina, so he came here. So the Gemara continues. So Levi comes to Naharda, this is the uh, the Ir Shalteri comes to Nardok and he says Kalila Shari. They are allowed to wear this tiara. Nothing Kalili Only twenty four ladies from the whole Nardah went out that Shabbos, relying on this Hector. And Darash Rav Baravua the Baravua came to Mechayza. He said Kalila Shari. By the way, this tiara is Mutter. So, from one alleyway, we'll discuss this in Erevin, they used to have these uh, cul de sacs. From one cul de sac, 18 people came out with a Kalila. So fascinating that in Narda, the whole town, only 24 people came after this Heter. And in, uh, in Machoiza, the first, the first day, the first shot is 18 people from the alleyways. So this is a fascinating chassam cipher. The art school just says, look in the chassam cipher. So I saw Surly Bornstein in his, uh, his documentary. He actually read the chassam cipher. So uh, I just printed it out. The chassam cipher on this gemara says that, what's, what's the pshat in this last piece of the gemara? So he said that, think about it. Shmuel lived in Arda. Shmuel is the one that Paskin Kalila is mutter. But Nahar was, was the Yeshiva Shemakim. It, uh, it was the Shal Taira, a city of Tyra. They didn't want to rely on this Kula. Levi, the, the, the Godel Hadar, came and said, It's mutter. Okay, you convinced 24 people to go out. In Mechaiza, where one person came, Rabbi Baravu came one time and he said, it's mutter. The next Shabbos, everyone was coming out of everywhere. They wearing this. They wearing this tiara. So the Shamsayf was trying to bring out a point that in our daw we know was was the Ir Tira. It was the the city of Tira. And Mecheliza, we had a few times already. In, in the first uh, two Moseftus and Shas, that Mechaiza was the wealthy place. Mechaiza people, you know, the, the, the men worked, the wives spent their money. We had a few Gemaras mentioning the city of Mechaiza, so it wasn't too difficult to convince them that something was mutter. But in Arda, they needed a strong convincing, even though Shmuel said it's mutter, he lived there, and they didn't accept it. Levi came, okay, fine, we'll be Mecha. So it's funny, sometimes you hear people, they talk about a Pesach Halacha, they saw on Facebook a Halacha, a Kula, and then they're makal. Same thing, they heard it one time, Ah, it must be mutter, as opposed to other, to other people, a little more year I'm not saying you can't be Mego, but they, they're going to be a little cautious. He said, it's mutter, is it true? Let me ask another Rav, I'm not sure. So you see the Chassam uh, Soifer the just bringing that out from this Gemara. So just a great Mara Mokalim, Chassam Soifer, Daphne, Tess, bay is the first piece. Okay, let's keep going. Amrav Yehuda, Amarav Shmuel, Kamra, you have some type of belt. Shari, you're allowed to wear it on Shabbos. No problem. Ikadami da Rukta. Now what type of belt was this? Ikadami Da Rukta. It was something that was had these golden uh a golden strap on it, v'amarav safra, and Rav Safra says the reason why it's mutter even though there's some gold on it that you might show someone, it's still mutter, Medi dehava atalos It's the same way. It's mutter to wear a talus a, a, a cloak that has some gold on it, or your uh, atara, on your talus You're allowed to wear that in the street, even though you might show, take it off and show it to someone. No, it's a beggar, and it's not a problem. V'kid ami and some say it's an aniska, which means the entire belt is made out of a piece of gold or silver. It's still matter. This is similar to the belt that the kings would wear, that it was entirely of gold. So, Ravina asked Ravashi, "Can a person wear a Khashava belt, a kamra, him yana, on top of a standard belt?" My, what's the halaqah? Can you wear two belts basically? One classic belt, I want a fancy schmancy belt. So I'm a lay, trehem yonika. you asking me about two belts? And he doesn't answer. W- what was Rashi answering? So Machlik is Rishonim. What, some Rishonim say, Treham Yonika? i you're asking me about two belts? Who needs two belts? Once you're wearing one belt, the second belt is considered a masui, and you cannot wear it on Shabbos. That's one way of learning it. And that is the Pesach of the Ramah. The Ramah says a person cannot wear two belts. We'll, we'll get to the Halakh in a moment. The other way of learning is, Amr leit, trei, ham, you're asking about two belts? What's the difference? One belt, two belts. It's a belt. And you're allowed to wear as many belts as you want. So this, there's two ways of learning this Gemara. Based on these two ways of learning the Gemara, you have machoikes, shulchan, Aruch and the Ramah, simen, shin, aleph, sif, Lamet vav. And this does come up. This comes up in a few places. Let's say a person, I don't know, you buy someone... Let 's assume you have a Rashisur okay you in a Rashirabhim, and you walk into your friend 's house and you know that uh, he needs another you 're supposed to walk somewhere else afterwards and you 're going to wear a second raincoat so that your friend can also have a raincoat when you walk when he walk somewhere. Can I wear two raincoats? Can I wear two belts The, the Shyland Bar Park in, in uh, williamsburg is' this kind of person wear their gartle. Uh, in Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos, so when you're davening, you want to wear a gartel that you're not carrying on Shabbos. But let's say you live in a place where there's a Rosh Hashanah, can a person wear a gartel where it's not functioning as anything? It's there, uh, you know, as a nice thing for davening. So the question is, can you do that? So let's look in Shochanah: Simon Shin Aleph Sif Lamed, Vav. So the Mechaber Paskins, you'll have to go out on Shabbos with two clothing, one on top of each other. whether it's for you, your friend needs a second yarmulke? No problem, I'll bring you a yarmulke. Let's you live across the street, and as Rosh Hashanah, your your friend missed a yarmulke, I'll wear two yarmulkes, no problem. all different types of shirts, no problem, all these things are fine. And according to the Shulchan Aruch, wear a There's no problem. The Rama says, We answer two belts on top of each other. This is this Gemara. We're trehim Unica. I'm already asking about two belts. Who needs two belts? tain malbush If there's clothing that separates from the two belts, let's say you're wearing a belt on your pants and then you're wearing a belt on your uh, raincoat, your shiner coat, your trench coat. No problem. The Rambam says that's no problem. But if there's nothing separating, you have Mabush have two belts, so that would be an issue. So comes along the Igris Moshe Moshe Feinstein. He says that if you're wearing a gartel on your pants, meaning there are some guys that wear a gartel but no jacket. You ever see those guys? Gartel but no jacket. They wear a gartel underneath the jacket. So then, if you now nah, if you always walk around like that, no problem. That's your gartel. That's how you dress. No problem. That's how you walk around all year? No problem. But if you don't, you happen to wear it for davening, you daven in a certain shoe you forgot and you can't carry it back and you want to wear it wrapped around your pants, Rav Moshe Fancy says it's asser because there... It's not doing anything. I already have a belt on my pants, and there's no baggat being mafsek. So I don't know. I didn't look up all the chuvas Rav I was thinking maybe you could unbutton some buttons on your shirt and then wear it a little higher on your shirt, and you could probably get away with that because then it's functioning as as keeping it closed. So how about a belt? Yeah, go. How about a belt? How about a belt and suspenders? Because really, you no longer need the belt, even though they're very different than that. So over there, it's two different begadim, which is good. And I think th- if this guy always wears it like that, then it'll be fine. You're saying the guy has no use to wear it. His friend needs to borrow a belt, but I uh, hear it's it still wouldn't be shnei begadim. So I don't think I, I think would be makel there. He doesn't need it, but he's wearing it. He's wearing the belt. If you wear two belts, so then it's literally not not being used. The and rav he argues a little bit around and He says if you never wear it outside of davening, then it's not called a begad. It's something you wear for davening, but it's not called a baguette. This gartel, and you can never wear it in the street on Shabbos. Tremendous khidish in the Khid in the Demako. And they carry the gar- they they uh, they wrap the gartel on their uh, coat or jacket on Shabbos, even if they're walking outside. So they rely on either Ramosha that they're wearing it on top of the jacket, which is the Maker adin, even the remosh. even the sh- everyone says it's mutter if you're wearing it on the top of your jacket. Or they uh, make sure sh- or they just wear it like that all-, all day. So that would not be a problem. Okay. That is that discussion. Um, the only issue we have, just halakha that's it's important. Let's say a person would want to wear two raincoats, so as long as it's, so he it has one of two options. If it's normal for people to wear two coats, let's say, I don't know, in Minnesota, people wear a jacket and a coat. So that's not considered, that's fine. You're allowed to do that. Or if he's doing it for his own use, let's say he's cold, so he wants to wear two pairs of socks. So that's fine. You're allowed to wear two pairs of socks on Shabbos if you're cold. Because that's litzarkoi. That's for your benefit. But if your friend needs to borrow a pair of socks and you want to wear two socks across the street, so then it depends. If it's typical for people to wear two socks, could be, so then there's no problem. But if it's odd, what are you doing? Then it will be usher. Okay. Next, Aura of Ashi, risuka. You have this uh, corset, this thing that, that would make uh, women look uh, a little skinnier. So these this tight thing around the, ri- around the waist... So, if it has ties, then shari, because it's not going to fall off. Viloy, I guess it wasn't that tight. Viloy, and if it wouldn't have these, uh, these ties to it, usr, it would be usr to wear it on Shabbos. There's a concern it might fall on Shabbos. Viloy be a woman cannot go out with a choker on Shabbos. So we're going to define what exactly this choker is. My katla, what's this choker? So the Gemara says, menakta puri. So it literally means, nakat means to grab. So minakta, something like crumb right, grabber. Right, catch crumb grabber. Cratch is puri or crumbs. So it catches crumbs. It's like a uh, bib. So that's what he used to wear. And it was tight around the neck. So therefore, <clears throat> she cannot uh, go out with an Shabbos. We're not concerned that it's going to fall off. We're concerned that she's going to take it off. And if she takes it off and show her friend, she might end up carrying it on Shabbos. Then the Gemara, then the Mishnah said nizamim. They cannot go out with these nizamim, these types of rings. So what type of rings? So the Gemara says nizme'a'af. It means a nose ring. So a nose ring would be usher because that they would take off to show their friends. But a obviously keeping social distancing. But nizme ha'af. But but nizme ha'oizen, Let's say earrings. So earrings, the Mishnah assumes would not be a problem because based on the way they would wear, they're here and they have all these braids and knots. It would be too complicated to take off their earring on Shabbat. Just by the way, we, we, we always discuss. We're discussing uh, all the jewelry halachas. It's a fascinating question. How come we don't keep many of these things halachal So it's not our question. It's already discussed in the Ga'inim. We'll get to Tosfos. I think it's Daf We'll get to it soon and we'll discuss why we're mako. We wear jewelry. Women wear jewelry on Shabbos. Why is that? Maybe they're going to show their friends. So we'll discuss this in the uh, future dafim emir to Hashem. Okay. Ya